This is Life Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. Download initiated. Your quantum journey of transformation begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Rob Actis, best-selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast whisperer, and Mr. Action himself. Life Transformation Radio is heard in over 90 countries. Thank you for joining us from all around the world. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to Life Transformation Radio for some time, I want to personally thank you. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life, love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose. We celebrate life's challenges and overcoming them. Listen to us live on Mondays and Wednesdays with a special bonus episode on Thursdays recorded live right here on Clubhouse. Also, a personal invitation for me to you. Please join us on Facebook and the Life Transformation Radio community. On the show, my guests are amazing people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation. My guest today does just that. Today, my very dear friend, Tracy Enos, and I discuss how to inspire others who have experienced the scars of life to succeed. If you want to learn how to respond to your scars and not react, surround yourself with positive people, remove the toxic ones, and take care of yourself, this is the show for you. A single mother of four, in 2015, Tracy sustained third-degree burns. In the next nine months, she had five surgeries, gained over 60 pounds, and was diagnosed with clinical depression and anxiety. Her consulting business saved her life and her career. And today, we will meet her right now. Tracy, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Oh, good afternoon, Rob. So happy to be here. Been looking forward to this for a while now. Absolutely. So first of all, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad to hear that. So you've had a lot of challenges in the last uh, six years or so. I mean, we've been friends for a long time, probably a decade. And uh, wow. All I can yeah, say is that, that yeah, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a beast, man. You're badass. And you. the one thing I admire about you, you have so many incredible awful things that have happened to you and you just keep pushing and you just never quit. I mean, just, just the fact that all this happened to you, you've had all these surgeries and now you're training to be a what? Fitness competitor. Like that's amazing. Like (laughs) I love, I love the updates that you said me from the gym and they're just like, (laughs) it's amazing. It's like so good. You're so inspirational and I'm so glad. So um, if it's okay with you, I'd really like to take you back to 2015 when your life was going pretty well. And then all of a sudden you decided to prepare a meal and things went a bit awry. Yeah. So it was July 7th, 2015 at five 30 in the morning of all times. Everybody's sleeping in the house, but me. And, uh, you know, I've been on this kind of a fitness train 
off and on over the years. You know, I'd lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. Um, and I guess I really wasn't, I guess what you call ready. Um, but I had tried, I was back on the wagon again. And what I was doing is, uh, this was on a Tuesday morning and I was prepping for the rest of the week. So it's, you know, I get tired of eating brown rice. So I was making something new and it was the brown rice noodles. Ooh, and, extravagant. And I, there you go. You're going bold. <laughs> right? Brown rice noodles. Okay. Got brown it. Rice okay. noodles. <laughs> and so, um, I had overfilled the pot with water and it was my first time cooking them. So I didn't realize that they really soaked up that much liquid. And so the pot was full. By the time that they were done, um, I'm like six feet literally from my stove to my kitchen sink where the colander was. But it being 530 in the morning, you know, really hadn't had the coffee to kick in yet. I put the colander on top of the dirty dishes that were in the sink instead of removing them and putting the colander in the sink. And I'm wearing yoga pants, kind of like Capri style, like right below the knees. And my boyfriend at the time, his shirt, which was like a dress on me. And I'm trying not to burn my feet, which I'm barefoot. And so while I'm trying not to burn my feet, the water's spilling. I'm trying to rush over to the sink to get this pot of brown rice noodles in the colander to drain. Oh, so wait a minute. So, and- so on, on the stove, the pot is overboiling. And the yeah, water's splattering everywhere on you. Yes. Uh, well, it's splattering everywhere, and I'm trying not to splatter it on my precious tiny feet. Right, because you're because you're barefoot, <laughs> and you're okay. Got it. Okay. I'm barefoot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I run around barefoot all the time. I don't care if it's below zero <laughs> or it's a hundred degrees. So, um, so here I am, you know, trying to get this colander over to the sink before I I burn myself. And what happens next is just freak accident I can't even tell you it was milliseconds I think and I'm trying to pour the pot of water into this colander but instead what happens is that the like the bottom side of the pot hits the colander tips it as I'm pouring and it all comes back at me every bit of it all the water all the pasta all comes back at me I know this story, and you're my friend, and I've heard this story many times, and it just, oh, oh, it, yeah, Uh, wow. So, yeah, so I'm screaming bloody murder. I wake up the house. My boyfriend comes downstairs before the kids realize what's going on, and he sees what's going on. Asher comes to the top of the stair. That's my son at the time. He was uh, 15. I think he was 15. You know, what's going on with mom? He told him to go back to bed. And he comes downstairs uh, and get, picks me up off the floor. And he's like, what do I do next? Let's put butter on it. I'm like, you don't put butter on burns. <laughs> of course, I'm not laughing like I am now. I'm yeah. yelling at him. No, I got you. Um, I got you. I, yeah. I, and so, yeah. And so I told him to pick me up and throw me in a cold, ice cold shower. Just run the water, ice cold shower, closing off. And he did. And I sat there for like 20 minutes so I couldn't stand it anymore. What I'm trying to do is stop the burns from continuing to burn or spread. Yeah. It's a hot close that had. So, yeah. So um, I get out. I have him help me get dressed in dry clothes and he takes me to the ER. And, oh, that was in itself just a a very traumatic experience. They get me in right away, 
and they pump me up with morphine and the doctor is, you know, uh, my left arm, that's where the burns are at. He's already starting to clean the dead burnt skin the best that he can. Now I've got first, second degree burns. Uh, he didn't know that was a third degree burn yet. I think um, I learned later that third degree burns can develop over time. Yeah, because it keeps burning. So, yeah, I've I've yeah. been. I was at an event where they were doing fire walking over hot coals, and they weren't trained to do it. And I was there, and there was twenty three people that were incredibly burned. And I was there, oh. and I was working with these people. It was seriously one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. Um, I. And I've been burned, not anywhere near what you were burned. And so, um, yeah, my heart just goes out to you. And the the terrible thing about burns is, uh, and I just burned myself probably a month ago. All I did was I just barely tapped um, a hot skillet um, that was that was on the on the on the uh, stove, and it kept burning. I'm like, it. I could feel it cooking my skin. You know, because it kind of got stuck on there for a minute, and then it was off. Mm. And you know, so I can only imagine what you're going through. That just gave me the heebie-jeebies because it just reminds me, you know, oh yeah, PTSD yeah. kicked in. You're welcome. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> PTSD warning. Yeah, I just I'm trying to make light of it because I just have tears in my eyes. You're my good friend. I've known you for so long, and it's this is a. It's hard to hear your friends. You know, I do a lot of podcasts and I hear some incredibly tragic stories and I'm touched and moved by them. But, you know, you're my friend and uh, it's hard to hear, even though I've heard it before, you're my friend. You don't want your friend to experience what you're experiencing. And I can only imagine. Yeah, no. And and I tell all the folks out there, um, Rob has been an inspiration to me for years and you know, I've called him a lot over the years, and he answers his phone. And I love that about Rob, or you. Thank I love you. that about you, Rob, that you've always been there. Thank you. That could be on my on my tombstone. <laughs> Here lies Rob Actis. <laughs> he, he, he answers his phone. <laughs> he does. He answers his phone. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Okay, let's go back to the emergency room. Not a pleasant place, but I just had to have a little break because I was getting a little overwhelmed. It's it, it's uh <laughs> it's hard to hear your friend having having this happen to them. So okay, so you're burned. They're discovering that the the burns are a third degree, and you're on morphine, which makes things just a little bit better, and but oh, still no, not actually great. Made it worse. Mm. Oh, the more. Oh, really? Okay. How's that? Yeah. Well, I think, well, I think because I went into shock finally, you know, I think at first, you know, the, I'm, the adrenaline is going. So you're just trying to figure out, you know, your brain is, you know, going hundred million miles an hour trying to figure out, you know, how to fix this, whatever just happened. Right. So by the time I get to the ER, I've calmed down a little bit, but I think the shock set in and then they give you morphine. And then the doctor is, morphine really hasn't kicked in completely. And so he's now cutting away at dead skin. And he's cutting around, um, uh, what do you call those? The the bubbles. The, see, I lost train of thought there. <laughs> the bubbles. What is called the bubbles? Okay. The bubbles. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
the the pockets of liquid. Uh, wow, that's a fifty year old brain working overtime right now. I'm sure the people that are listening right now are going, "Yeah, get into more detail, Tracy. Come on, share more. Just let us really visualize what's uh, the going blisters. on." That's yes, I, I know. It's like yeah, the blisters, <laughs> aka pockets of bubbles. Okay, go ahead. Pockets of bubbles. So the blisters are forming. So he's trying to cut around the blisters as to not pop the blisters. So I don't get an infection. Right. And all of a sudden I'm getting queasy. And the nurse is in there. My boyfriend's in there. And everybody, like, I'm sure they were trying to be help me calm down, but I'm not in that great headspace at the moment. And I'm barking back at them. And I'm like, I'm going to throw up. And they're like, no, you're not. You're going to be okay. No, really, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and no one will listen to me. And all of a sudden, they start to see me turn green, and here comes that, you know, the big trash can. Boy, you're just, That's like, getting descriptive in this in this this chat. <laughs> my God. Okay, so you had to, you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so, well, so, you know, after I, I get ill, and he's done doing his thing, cutting away, they wrap me up and give me instructions for the next few days. And what he tells me is I need to contact my primary care physician in a couple days, but he doesn't tell me like I'm getting, I could get third degree burns. At least I didn't hear that. Well, you're and on morphine, so my, you're on drugs. Oh, and that, right. Come on. You could, they could tell you anything. They could, you know, Hey, by the way, I'm an alien. Okay, great. That's yeah, great. Great. <laughs> I used a special I ray gun. You. I used a special ray gun on healing you. That's right. You don't know. I mean, I was in the hospital and I was on morphine. I don't remember anything. Only thing I remember from the doctor telling me is that, you know, here's the bottom line. If you don't do what I tell you, you're going to die. And he didn't say it in that terms. He said, you're going to blank and die. I'm like, oh, okay. I kind of remembered, but I still don't remember anything he said. So, you know, okay, I digress. Right. Well, so you've thrown anyway, up, so, you're going home, you have a, you're supposed to go see your doctor. and But I couldn't get in because I'd forgotten my doctor. This was on a Tuesday, and my doc, I called on a Thursday. He said a couple days. That's all I heard was a couple days. Not knowing that the doctor's not in on Fridays. My primary doctor's not in on Fridays. I should have known that. I knew that, but, you know, I wasn't thinking. You're on morphine. So I didn't, I'm on morphine. So I didn't get in until the following Monday. Oh, my God. And when God. I went in oh there. Oh, my God. Trish. So in the meantime, over the weekend, my 15-year-old is taking care of me. Not my boyfriend. My 15-year-old oh. son is taking care of me. He's helping with the dressings and, and everything like that and getting cleaned up and so on. So uh, I go in there. She's like, Tracy, you have third degree burns. I'm like, what? I can't believe they you know? let you leave. Like that doesn't make well, any sense is, to me. This is what she said. She says they should have sent you to the burn unit of at course. Research Hospital. Of period. course. And they sent you home. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So this could all have been, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not saying I wouldn't have had third degree burns, but not to the extent because it's nearly a week now, right? You know, so it's had time to to fester and eat away at my flesh. God, the words you use. So. We're talking about vomiting. I don't think we're going to have any <laughs> listeners at all at the end of this show. <laughs> Watch the stat. There's no one all listening right, to I'll, this I'll stuff. Oh, my God. Okay. So what happened? So she calls the the hospital, like, why I'm still in her office, and she says, you are supposed to be in there tomorrow morning ASAP. Get you in 8 a.m. You're there. So I go in there and I take my son with me and um, they get in and he's in the room 
exam room with me, and they undress my arm and my hand and everything like that and look over the other burns. And they're like, we have to, in order to understand the extent of the damage, we need to cut away at this dead skin because the blisters had now, um, they had, um, they're now gone. And so what was left is that the, the dead skin. And so no, no shots, no painkillers, no nothing. They start cleaning up my arm most definitely. And I'm in tears. Because it's so painful. I have photos of that stuff. No, I don't want to see the photos. And no, stop. I'm not going to oh share the photos God. with you. Thank God but this is audio. They, oh, my God. Well, they, had, they had to take them for, you know, for surgery reasons. And across the room, I see my 15-year-old son crying. I'm crying. <laughs> and I'm not crying because of the pain. I'm crying because my son is in pain. I got it. Because his mom's in pain. Yeah. You know. Oh, man. And so, <laughs> so anyway, they're like, uh, you are immediately going into surgery um, first thing tomorrow morning. So I had two surgeries in two days. The first surgery was cadaver skin. And at the time when they cleaned me up in the exam room, they're like, it looks like you just have like a silver dollar of third degree burns. And they're like, well, we're going to take it from your scalp. I said, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're like why not i said do you realize how long my hair is no you're not <laughs> you're not you can take it from somewhere else <laughs> not take it from my head take it from my butt cheek or something <laughs> <laughs> right i got some of that i got extra of that it's all good oh my god okay and so, so you're so i get in there wednesday morning and, oh. and i come back out and they're like we have some bad news and i'm like oh just give it to me right and they're like, well, what we thought was a silver dollar is not a silver dollar. You have about five inches of third-degree burns. And I was like, wow. And they're like, you're not going to spend two days in the burn unit. You're going to spend six. I was like, oh, and we're going to take it from your thigh. And I said, okay, that's better than my head. <laughs> I was just concerned about was my head. Don't yeah. take it from my head. Wow. So they're like, you, we could actually either give you cadaver skin or your own skin. I said, take it from me. You know, I'm not keen to wearing shorts much anyway, so we're good. So, yeah, so they took it. They took it from there. And um, so that the second day, though, the first the first 24 hours was cadaver skin to start the healing process. Um, and then the second day was the actual the, the permanent um, graft skin graft that they started with. Wow. So. Yeah, pretty traumatic. And so um, so I'm in the hospital, and there's only six beds. And I do have a funny story with this. I mean, not all of my, my – God, I hope you get a funny story. Well, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, oh, so, my God, my friend. Well, there's only six beds in this ward, and it's a very small burn unit. And the I was already there for like one or two days, and then I the, the whole unit was filled up but the room next to me. And all of a sudden, the room next to me, I see these – like police escorts coming in and everything like that. And I'm doped up on morphine, um, oxy, whatever else that they're giving me at the time. They're rotating pain meds during all this. And um, uh, every once in a while, they, you know, I wanted to get out and walk around or whatever. So I get out and I'm, you know, able to walk kind of by. They have a police escort 24-7 in front of this guy's room. And instead of the bed facing the window and the TV like every other room, the bed is facing like the guy can see the police officer sitting outside the front room. 
So he actually was a felon <laughs> and he got burned in the jail. Oh so somebody burned him in the jail. Okay. So, well, that's funny. I, <laughs> so. Well, when you're when you're doped up, that's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. So you had this traumatic experience, and the one thing about you is that you know you survived and you thrived. So let's let's go to there. So now you're out and you're on your road to recovery. Um, let's let's share how you did it. The transformation from being in morphine and being around felons and getting burnt and removing <laughs> well, skin from your thighs. Let's talk about the transformation. Well, I had one more experience while I was in the burn unit, which, which led to the anxiety. Can I share? Uh, please do. Okay. <laughs> so my second or third day in, um, they asked me if I would be open to going into the um, hyperbaric oxygen chamber. And which they have found helps burn patients recover a lot quickly, oh, a lot yeah. more quickly Absolutely. and better yeah, yeah. with oxygen therapy. And so I was like, you know, I can sit in a plane all day long. I'm totally cool with that, but I can't dive past 13 feet because my ears won't equalize and and pop or whatever and whatnot. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I can't dive. I don't want to do a simulated dive to 23 or 24 feet when I can't get past 13 feet. You know, I was really scared. Right. But they're like, we're going to make you comfortable. We're going to give you water. The nurse will be in there. You can watch TV. She'll be talking to you. It's going to be fine. I'm like, okay. So I agree to this. And I get in there, and it's like a 45-minute um, dive and then back up. And it was it was pleasant. I didn't have any problems except for maybe claustrophobia. But other than that, it was fine. And everything was cool until the following morning. I woke up at 2 a.m., and I couldn't hear. Oh wow! And I flipped a lid, like I don't think any other time I flipped, I would flip a lid. Lid, but it's like you know, going swimming and you get water in your ear. That's what it was like. Right. And I couldn't hear anything. Right. And I'm like running out, showing all my goodies in the back, <laughs> down this board at two o'clock in the morning, trying to find the nurse. Nurse is nowhere to be found, which gives me my heart rate goes up even more because now I'm panicking. And she finally, somebody hears the ruckus. She finally comes in and squirts me back to my room. She's like, Trace, you got to calm down. I'm like, I can't calm down. And you know, at this time, no, no amount of somebody trying to help you is going to help you calm down. And I'm just telling her, I'm like, please help me do this. I don't know what to do. Please help. And I was, she was like, I am trying. I wasn't listening. And I am trying. Well, she got to a point where she couldn't handle it. So she called the ER doctor and they immediately came in and gave me lorazepam, but like in a shot like to immediately calm me down and then gave me a prescription. So at the rest of the, the rest of the time I was there, I did not go back into the hyperbaric chamber and now they've got me on more meds to keep me from, keep the anxiety from coming right back. Right. Which led to the, to the anxiety when the diagnosis of the anxiety later on. So, so yeah, so now I'm out um, six days later and um, I don't know how I'm going to, you know, continue my consulting agency. But what I did do was I secured a client <laughs> like third day in while I was doped up on morphine. They gave me a call. Don't ever answer your phone. <laughs> you know what? So funny. Okay. I'm going to tell you. So when I was on morphine for my blood clot, um, I was doing deals. 
Like I was making money. I was on dying on the bed. On I was on the couch. I was self medicating morphine, and I was closing deals. Like that's crazy. So I mean, apparently that's what you do when you're on morphine. You close business deals yep. because I did. You did. <laughs> Um, I've heard other people that have done it too, but I do know that if I'm ever on a controlled substance like that, um, I'm not going to touch my phone because I went back and saw some of the text messages that I sent people when I was on morphine and um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay. So you so you um, went ahead and you closed a deal on morphine, recovering I from did. anxiety. So that's great because... Medical bills, you know, are not low. They're high. So that's a good thing. And you you feel like you probably know that you're going to be down for a while. Well, the good thing about my business, and yes, the good thing about my business is that it's virtual. That's a good so thing. So that was a really good thing. So I, I didn't have to, you know, get up in the morning and, and get ready and leave and go to a traditional office. So that was, I think, the big bonus in all this is right. that I could work behind a laptop. Yeah, that's a you know, wonderful so. gift to have, to have a business that you can do that. And um, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, you know, having having that freedom and not worrying about your appearance, because if you had to go to the office and you're all burnt and you have no part of a thigh, you know, that could be challenging. And so, you know, the the great part about being virtual is that, it's really can be smoke and mirrors. You can get a lot done. And, uh, you know, most of my businesses all run virtually and, um, it makes it wonderful. So I'm glad that you had that. So you closed a big business deal. Hold on. I gave you the congratulations. <laughs> all right. So you close our audience, our audience live here on clubhouse. We brought them up on the stage and they applaud. So you closed the deal and then what happened? Um, and then, um, I mean, it was, it was just enough to pay the bills for a few months. And then, and then I wrote an article and that article was actually promoted by LinkedIn. And, um, that article made me five more figures in new business. That's awesome. So See, two one hours, of the things, you two know, hours worth of work. It wasn't in your bio. I didn't. I didn't tell about that. But Tracy is this amazing LinkedIn expert. So when she talks about LinkedIn, that's that's where that's coming from. And she's been doing LinkedIn for a long, long time, and uh, that's wonderful because not everything goes viral on LinkedIn. It's hard to get traction on LinkedIn, LinkedIn unless you really have got it dialed in and Tracy has it dialed in. So congratulations on them seeing how amazing you are and how wonderful your article must have been that they're willing to promote it and have it like. Shoo. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, it did wonders for my business and it couldn't have happened at just the right perfect time. And, and from there, um, you know, business rolled, you know, I, I don't think I was, you know, um, I mean, uh, uh, I'm a lot better off today, but it, it was bringing in just enough income to keep me comfortable and not lose everything. That's wonderful. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I, I, I step back and think about if I didn't have a virtual consulting business, I, I could have lost a job. I could have been evicted. I could have lost my car to, you know, repossession. And the boys would probably have to go live with their dad. You know, I wouldn't be around, be with my boys. It was just, um, it was a blessing to have the business that I had at the time. 
and I could work as much or as little as I wished as on, you know, depending on how, how much I wanted or not wanted to make. And so while I was healing, um, physically while I was healing, because I did have a few more surgeries. So that would, you know, put me out for a couple days each time. Um, so while I was going through these surgeries, I was able to maintain business, which was awesome. And I'm sure having that forward momentum in your life of being able to provide for your family, um, really helped with your depression and anxiety because you were getting things done and you were seeing that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, and it wasn't quite like that. As a matter of fact, I mean, the business was in and no one knew None of my clients knew I'd gone through these burns. None of them. I didn't post anything on social media um, or LinkedIn, not even my Facebook or anything. Yet my closest friends and my family members knew, but none of my clients knew. But what, what happened over the course of the next several months is like, you know, I was worried about my appearance. So right. I gained weight. Right. You know, I, I hibernated at home. Um, my son at the time, my 15-year-old son, was uh, a varsity cheerleader. And he was amazing, and I barely got out of the house to go to the events that he was cheering at or his regionals. I didn't want to be seen by anybody. I mean, I literally, I was not even allowed to be in the sun for a full year because I was wearing a compression sleeve. Right. And that arm had to heal, and I just became a hermit. And with the anxiety, you know, they sent me home with some medication. I tried not to take it because lorazepam made me really groggy. Right. Um, I couldn't function. But I took it as needed. Um, I was a mess. I mean, I was maintaining my household expenses, but deep down, I was a mess. And so um, that following May, I was just feeling just horrible. And I went to my primary care doctor and I said, help me. What's going on? And she asked me some questions and she came back. She says, Tracy, you are clinically depressed. And um, I'm going to write you a, a prescription for Wellbutrin. Wellbutrin is also a note to help you lose a little bit of weight. So maybe that will help. Oh, yeah. You know, you feel better. <laughs> I have a lot of women yourself. friends, that's their best friend. They're like, it makes me happy and I lose weight. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she gave me a prescription or she called it in and she goes, I can't prescribe um, any, you know, I don't know what lorazepam is. is it considered under an antipsychotic medication or something. I don't know. I don't, oh, I'm not gosh. a you know, okay. clinician, but okay. she's like, I can't prescribe this. So I'm going to send you a referral to a psychiatrist. You need to go see a psychiatrist. So I, I, I went home and I'm like, huh, I kind of knew deep down that, I, you know, it was depression, but I just wanted to make sure that I, you know, wasn't Dr. Googling it myself. Right. 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 <laughs> right? right, right. And, um, and so I sat on it for a week I didn't call the psychiatrist, and I didn't pick up that Wellbutrin. And that's when I said, you know what? I, can I swear on the show? Is it okay? Um, I have to ask Apple. I mean, I don't know. It depends on – you might want to – it depends on how, <laughs> how, how intensely you want to swear. I don't know. <laughs> well, I literally looked in the mirror, and I said, Tracy, get off your ass. Get your head out of your butt and just get – Get going. Just do this. I think you can say ass, and, and I think you can say butt. So I think we're okay. But, okay. <laughs> yeah, other words, you probably can't say. I don't know. Who knows? So, I don't know. So, so I wasn't going to say it was all unicorns, lollipops, and rainbows. And still today, it's not. I do have my moments. Right. But in the next six months, I did more in business than I did the prior year. Yeah. And so... Um, I mean, it, it was hard. Um, it was a lot of work. 
Um, but I, I mean, I still hibernated, but I got out more. I lost a few pounds, um, not all the 60 pounds, but I lost a few pounds. And I, you know, this is when Zoom was starting to get good. So I was starting doing, you know, Zoom calls where people would see me on the Zoom. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, I started feeling better about myself. And I just concentrated on my business. And then I concentrated on my boys. Yeah. And And I did not take any, in any, any prescribed medications and I did not go to a counselor. And I'm not saying that's not appropriate for everybody. Um, I think that it just, it just took a lot. I just wanted to see if I could do it and I did it. You did. I think, I think it's great. And then, and then when did the fitness uh, fly in. I know in the past you, you know, did you solve a sudden the same way? So you did for business and just say, that's it. I'm not going to be 60 pounds extra and I'm going to become a fitness uh, competitor, which is, <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, that's what everybody that does. Trans- that's what everybody oh, does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause how many times did you, that- <laughs> yeah, what? Well, there were some events in between this, you know, you know, other stuff happened, you know, I'm like a weeble wobble. I don't fall down, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I went through some other stuff, you know, the boyfriend and I are not together and there's some events that happened there and I put on some more weight and I lose some weight and go back and forth and I would self-medicate, you know, my life was a living hell for a little while, um, but I gained more than the 60 pounds. I put on more weight. And so it, it took a pandemic for me and losing a lot of my clients during that pandemic because they either got furloughed or laid off themselves or they were laying off, you know, a lot of their staff. Right. And um, and so I lost a lot of clients and I just sat back and I said, man, what am I going to do now? I mean, I've lost clients and I feel like crap. Right. So. I just I went on a Costco run to get provisions for the week, and on the way back, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go see Bobby Smith over at Total Body Fitness and just see what he has to say. Good thing he happened to be there. I walked in, sat down with him, and I signed up for first 90 days and said, let's see what I can accomplish in 90 days. And that was July 13th, 2020. Nice. And and it wasn't easy. I had a lot of injuries. Of course, I was 220 pounds how tall are you? You're only like five I'm foot four. four. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. A big girl. That was a big girl. <laughs> a big girl. Um, and so uh, it took a little bit. And, you know, being being at the age that I am and going through that, you know, that hormone stage in my life, That's rough. things weren't falling off as quickly. Absolutely. As you would, would hope it would. And uh, But you know what? It's... The the gym and Bobby at the time and the other trainers were wonderful. Like you said at the beginning of the show, you've got to remove people from your life that are toxic. Yeah. And when you remove toxic people and surround yourself with positive people, things can change. I mean, even when you come in and you might be a little not positive or a little toxic, that will change your mindset. Yeah. We, and I, you and I have had conversations about this, you know, change your mindset. Tracy, you're doing it again. Right. You know, it's so important. And I talk about this all the time on on this show is that you really are the five people you hang out with. You you just really are. And, you know, when I was laying in bed and I had my blood clot, I was really evaluating the people in my life. And even when this pandemic came, there are people in my life that I honestly don't miss from the pandemic. I have I reached out to them because I was their friend. They didn't reach back. 
which is fine. And I don't miss them because the only time they ever really called me was when they needed something and they didn't respond back. They just went into their, their isolation and hiding and they're, they're still having a terrible time and their life is still crappy and they still hang around people that are not good for them. And, you know, I, I've let them go and my life is thriving. You know, I have a, uh, my birthday coming up and, and I'm so thrilled. I have a very small handful of people um, that are going to come to my party. And I created the party exactly how I wanted it. Exactly. And the best part is, is that I was really had anxiety about the party. And my very dear friend, Rebecca, um, mentioned to me, she said, you know what? Just, we just want to be there and love on you. We just want to be there and celebrate your birthday. Nothing has to happen. Like, you don't have to plan anything. We just want to be there. And that was so beautiful. And it makes life worth living. And when you have near-death experiences, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Tracy, is that um, life can change at any moment, and you really want to have the people in your life that you want to have in your life that serve you in honoring your friendship. And if they don't, man, it's time to cut them loose. Boyfriend included, girlfriend included. Well, uh, he he got kicked to the curb, no doubt about that. Good for (laughs) you. But what I can also say through all of this is what I learned is my children were watching. Oh, yeah. They were watching my good times, my bad times, the outbursts, the self-medicating. That's not how I – that's not what I wanted to teach them. I was not being a good role model for them. So what I really learned last year – gosh, it was difficult too – was how to respond instead of react. Right. And that, I think, was a game changer for me because now when something happens to me, instead of me just immediately, you know, the Irish in me flying off the handle, I step back for a second and think about, okay, what am I teaching my sons by not, you know, responding and reacting instead? And now my sons come to me with their problems, and they didn't before. Yeah. Because I will sit back and I will teach them how to respond instead of react to situations. Yeah, and I, I think, think the that's way that you've been a life changer for me. Yeah, and the way that you've responded has been really beautiful. I mean, you keep doing more. I mean, with your scars, um, with your challenges, you're vulnerable. Um, you've been very open on the show today. And it really will, I know, uh, inspire and motivate and really put things into perspective some some of the people that are listening today. And I just really want to thank you so much for being my friend and for being you and for the fighter that you are. And, and I'm excited because as you transition or transform uh, into your fitness uh, competitor, um, mm. we'll have to get you back on the show and we'll have to talk about that transformation. That's going to be... I'm excited. Me too. Totally. Me too. I mean, I'm 60 pounds down now, and now I'm seeing possibilities. I love it. I'm just like, I mean, it was great. I finally, you know, had to go shopping. My son, my youngest, is graduating high school this Saturday. Can't believe it. And I had to go shopping for an outfit because I didn't have any clothes. And for once, I didn't beat myself up looking in the mirror. It was great. I'm glad to hear that. Tracy. Thank you so much for being here. Now, if you want to reach Tracy, she's really easy to find. The best way, hit her up on LinkedIn at Tracy Enos. It's E-N-O-S. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for sharing your story of transformation. And thank you for being here today on Life Transformation Radio. 
Thank you, Rob. You really are amazing. I just want you to know that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, when you reach out, please let Tracy know that you listen to this episode of Life Transformation Radio. And thank you so much for your support and taking the time out of your busy and precious day to listen. We so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guest, Tracy Enos, to touch your heart, move your soul, and inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. This is Life Transformation Radio. Download complete.